0: Podcast for mid February 2021. My name is Tom Chick and my game of the week is not Desperados Three.
1: Wow, this is Dick Diamond and my game of the week is not Assassin's Creed Valhalla.
2: And I'm Jason McMaster and my game of the week is not Cyberpunk 2077.
0: Boy, who's is McMaster?
2: Ooh, (laughs) I think there's some people out there.
0: I think there's one or two people on, on Metacritic. I can't believe that okay, that's not true. I did make that up yeah. but a lot of people I was do about like to say
2: it it would, it would have to be made up because <laughs> I know that game that game took a lot more hammering than uh, I expected.
0: uh we have uh, a lot of territory we could cover, but we're just gonna focus on three games today. Only one of which is TV actually room? out. I am the only person on this podcast who decided to talk about a game that's actually been released. I'm not. You two wise, jokers so. are playing things that mm-hmm. aren't even done yet.
2: Both of oh, you. Oh, you're just getting spoofed. It's true. It's true.
1: Uh,
2: they're they half games.
0: Exactly. Yeah, no. If even that. Uh, so first I, of all, I, I only I
2: get, play games like that.
0: That is true, McMaster. That is kind of your superpowers. You don't care if a game is out yet. You're you're totally down with early access. As a matter of fact, McMaster, I get the sense you prefer early access
2: yeah i do actually 100
0: percent. because there's a lot of hope because anything you don't like in a game it's like ah, it's it, they're gonna change it they're gonna fix this this isn't like a, oh yeah this is not reflect the true state of the actual released game
2: well so. you know and a lot of times i think it's kind of in the way that i like to play games i don't I don't just sit on one game for a long time. So, with early access, I can play it for a few hours and then wait for the next update and play it again. You know, that's kind of my thing.
0: Although the way that games are released these days, you can do that with releases as well. Just, you know, with well, patches. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Nick, you're the one though that I'm really disappointed in. You of all people. What what are you going to tell us about and <laughs> Why are you playing that instead of Assassin's Creed Valhalla? That's my main question to you. So what is it? And and I demand you answer my question.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I'm i the guy that usually doesn't mess with uh, early access games. So uh, I found myself kind of surprised to, to really get into uh, Valheim, which is a –
2: It's great.
1: Whoo, it is a pixely-looking survival crafter,
2: <laughs> which yeah, – when I first loaded it, I was like, "Am I playing Asheron's Call?" That was like the first thing <laughs> that came to my mind.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, Mick. How did you? Why, why on earth did you bother with it? Like, what, what? walk me through the process that that took you to actually downloading, buying, downloading, and playing Valheim. Uh,
1: the it, it was just the buzz. It was just the buzz okay. around this game, which um, I guess now the game is like the third most played game on Steam at this point, which is kind of crazy. Two
2: million copies sold.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy, right, for an early access survival crafter uh, from a developer I've never heard of, Iron Gate AB. I don't know who these guys are. Uh, They were apparently working through Coffee Stain,
2: who uh, also... uh, Right? Satisfactory. Yeah.
1: Who well, also does a Survival Crafter type game. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Valheim, Survival Crafter, uh, it, it, I, I guess if you boil it down to its you know, its, its, it's basic components, it's very much exactly in that vein, right? You chop down trees, you build stuff, uh, you gather <laughs> things, Ugh. you kill what's-its, and then Ugh. you move yourself into a new biome after you defeat a mini-boss, and you repeat. Rinse and repeat, right? Um,
0: you could be playing like that Conan game that I always confuse with it. The, there's one that's an MMO and one that's a survival crafting <laughs> game. and what, You could be playing one of those, right?
1: I play yeah. all of them. Yeah. <laughs> you could even play the Conan RTS, right?
0: <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so what? why is this so successful? What am I missing? That Everything you've said just makes me go, ugh. Well, what am I missing here?
2: I, I Might think... I interject? Yeah, yeah please. Uh Valheim is more game in early access than a lot of games are at full release. Yeah, I would mm. agree with
0: that. But, I w- okay, go ahead, sorry. I, I would
1: I would say that the two, probably the two things that Valheim has going for it right now are uh, they've removed out of the survival crafting template. They've removed a lot of the friction when it comes to making mistakes. In a survival crafter, if you spend a bunch of resources to make something and then you realize, oh, crud, I didn't really need that thing or I built this house in the wrong place (laughs) and now I've screwed myself because I've got to start over basically in another place. Uh, Valheim uh, removes a lot of that frustration by uh, basically letting you tear things down and keeping the re- you know, you keep the resources that you've gathered yeah. and then you can just build refund. it back. again. Yeah, it's a full refund. There's no cost to doing that other than your time, um, which is a huge I mean, that's a gigantic, uh, you know, f- just a gigantic smoothing over of that right. whole template. Right. Which is the first one. Uh, number two, uh, I would say what they've got right now that. You know, that basic schematic of starting a biome with nothing, build your way up, fight a boss, move to the next biome, build your way up, fight a boss, etc. And the multiplayer stuff, unlike most other survival crafters, especially survival crafters in their first week or two of launch, right? It all works. There's nothing broken right now that I can point to. There's no, oh, yeah, you're going to hit this area And you're supposed to craft, you know, ladders or something. But you know what? Ladders don't work right now. And neither does owning property. And, oh, by the way, if you fight this boss, he's going to one-shot you because they haven't implemented a role or something, right? With these survival crafters, normally that's what you run into. There's always some part of the puzzle where you're like, oh, you're bone now. Just wait. (laughs) Wait for that missing potential of early access to come rescue you. Uh, Valheim doesn't have that. It, so I, it all
0: works. Is it, are, is it an indictment of this whole genre when your two main points of praise are they've lowered the stakes <laughs> and it's not broken? I would agree. <laughs> oh, oh,
1: I would <laughs> agree. Oh, I, I, I'm not a I'm not a survival crafter guy. I'm not okay. that guy. I I I think I've said it before on here. I never got into Minecraft. Just couldn't do it. Uh, and then every other game that's come out kind of in the survival crafter vein I've tried I've played a few of them for a few dozen hours and I just I hit there's always something that I hit in there where I'm like ah, you know what this is not worth it I'm out
0: well McMaster is our guy who is more than willing to bang his huh. head against the ones that have high stakes and that don't work what's your excuse for why you're into Valheim <sighs>
2: That's a loaded question usually like things that <laughs> suck don't you So why do you like it if it doesn't suck huh? Uh, no uh, the big, the big issue or the big thing about Valheim that's nice is that it I don't know, it, it, it's it's a strange game in that it's really refreshing to see something that kind of it, it melds action combat stuff with the survival crafting stuff uh it has a really weird kind of progression system like probably one of the weirdest i've seen in that you have to find certain things to unlock more recipes it's not about building stuff it's about actually finding materials
0: oh.
2: and um
0: are those like drops or are they treasure that you find some in of the them are drops or... some of uh, them yeah. Uh, But okay,
2: so like just basically uh, from the bottom, it goes uh, when you start out, you you don't have anything. You have to go punch trees, which is Tom's favorite part of any game. And then once you get some wood, you can build a hammer that allows you to build stuff like a workbench, which then allows you in an area to build into it. Um, But as you create stuff, you get more recipes and then you don't get a pickaxe initially, which is the strangest thing. In the world to me, well, I'm uh, you imagine have you have to, to actually... craft
0: it. You have to combine no. a no. stick with no, no. a rock.
2: You have to go kill a lightning-powered deer god <laughs> to get his antlers. <laughs> yeah, All right,
0: that's and not then you can make field. a pickaxe. Okay.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> that's what I thought too. Uh, uh, but but there's so much interesting going for it, and it has such a small footprint. It's like a 500 megabyte download, and. Uh, It's like the terrain is completely, um, you know, uh, you can change all the terrain. You can sit there and you can dig into it. You can build it up. You can smooth it. Uh, You can plant crops. You can, you know, the house building stuff's really cool. Uh, And the worlds that it generates, uh, I've generated a number of worlds now. They're all different and they're all pretty cool so far. Um, But it's just, it's a fascinating game in that it's refreshing like Nick said, to, you know, to get all of your resources back, you know, that's really not the point of that game. Uh, it, the point of that game, the game is exploration and combat, and it's almost like the survival parts are in, kind of like in, in, in the game to help you do that, and not the other way around. So but it, you don't it, starve
0: to death. Like, do you have to like feed yourself? You, Is it that kind of survival game? You do, game?
2: but you don't starve to death, right? So that that's one of the other things about it. It's like you can have three different types of food on your in your character at the same time, and different foods give you different energy and hit point levels. You have a base hit point level that's low, and then as yeah. you eat, that increases your stamina and your overall uh, health. Um. And so the better the food, the more you get out of it. Um, but it's it's interesting to me uh, another I, I'd never heard of it. It, it. You know, usually that kind of thing is is on my radar. It just kind of came out of the left field, and it's it's very well developed. And there's I mean there's they want to add four more biomes and, and more bosses and stuff, but I haven't even seen the second boss yet. You know, uh, so uh, I think I've got so plenty what, of time.
0: What then is missing like you mentioned that it's it's better than a lot of games that are released uh what they're they're adding, adding biomes but are there missing systems
2: i believe that they want to add more crafting stuff in is one of their uh additional things but i don't think a lot of the systems are missing and i i think the main gameplay systems are actually in
1: yeah, I, I think it's pretty solid right now. At least progression-wise, going from biome to biome, boss to boss, uh, works. The recipes all work. Uh, I I think one of the things they're they're looking at is adding uh, more. I, I guess multiplayer type activity on boats. So uh, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. So it'd be more, I guess, Sea of Thievesy, which. I guess is pretty popular, um, but it's it's not necessary. I, I will say this, Tom. One of the one of the things I think you would like is that when you start out, uh, unlike a lot of survival crafters, uh, there is a tutorial guide. In that yeah. there's a there's a there's a bird like one of the a
2: giant raven.
1: Yeah, the raven comes down and and he basically tells you what to do next. Like,
2: hey, dude, you you need to fun- go get shelter, start getting wood. You need to I mean, do this. You need to do that. <laughs> not to mention, too, that it's actually a kind of a cool premise, like which we haven't talked about. Uh, you're a Viking warrior that has died, and before you can go to Valhalla, you've, uh, Odin drops you in this place and wants you to defeat these gods, and then yeah. you will have earned your way to Valhalla. And Vikings and, are hot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're hot. They're hot right now. And, People um, love it. <laughs> One thing that I, that I haven't seen but Sarah has that I thought was really cool is sometimes you'll see Odin in the distance and stuff like that, which is really weird. oh yeah he, yeah he walks around
0: yeah. What's he doing? What walk, is he just creeping chilling. around spying on you or he's just hanging out?
1: It's Odin. Yeah, he's just chilling. <laughs> he's chilling. He's doing his stuff. He's doing his one-eyed god stuff.
0: Yeah. You so know, I. Yeah. So you guys are kind of saying this is this is almost as good as Rune Two the Decapitation Edition.
2: Uh, oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Tom loves to bring up Rune 2 for some
0: reason. <laughs> I don't... Well, the thing is, so I, I have watched McMaster live streaming some of this, and I didn't really give it a chance because my eyes glaze over more than the average person at these kind of survival games. Anytime you have to kick over a tree to make a pickaxe, I'm I'm out. Uh, so I didn't watch McMaster very long, and what little I did see Honest to God, my reaction was this looks just like Rune 2, the decapitation edition, which is horrible. Like that game is – it's like watching a <laughs> horrible movie. Like that game is wretched uh, <laughs> and it's almost compellingly so. Uh, so that was my very brief takeaway from watching you play Valheim, McMaster. Um, it just, I flashbacks to my Rune 2 de- Decapitation Edition
1: days. Oh, you know what you'll like, Tom? You know how your complaint in Minecraft is? You punch trees, and, and then the float. tree just
0: floats, right? They better fall over in this. We have the technology for it. Oh, yeah, they, they don't they, just they'll, fall they'll over. They'll kill your ass.
1: <laughs> they don't just fall over, yeah. If they, if they fall the wrong way, they will crush you.
0: <laughs> now, you guys are telling... This is in Rune 2 Decapitation Edition, no joke. I've died by tree fall in Rune 2 Decapitation Edition. So, I'm not that impressed, but... I, All right. I think it's, it's a starting point.
2: In, in order to uh, speed up building your house sometimes, you can get a troll to chase you, and they'll knock down trees, and that stops you from having oh. to cut them down. Right. Uh, yeah, we that, went, that, okay. The lightning deer, the first god, is kind of radical, and it shoots lightning out of its antlers, and while you're fighting, it'll like blow up trees, and you know stuff will get destroyed, and the terrain will get deformed.
1: Very <laughs> heavy like, metal.
2: It is very heavy metal. And, uh, yeah, it's just really awesome. Like, you can hang the deer's head on where you put the trophy and it'll talk to you sometimes. Oh, I do like, like that. that. Okay. Yeah. Sure. D- this, the game is like really, it's really not w- what it looks like. Like, it's, it's so weird. Uh, it, it's like a common, like, the skill system is crazy. It works like Oblivion, where if you do something, you gain skills in it. Right. So jumping, running, stuff like that, you get better at, swimming. Uh, and that's appealing to a lot of people as well, I think, because most crafting games don't have that kind of thing. It's all just, like, tier-based.
0: And do we have a sense for how far out they are from an actual 1.0, or is this one of those things where they don't care, they're just going to keep working on it?
2: Um, I think it's next, probably next year. Is okay. I mean, this year they have a number of updates. Um that they're planning specifically the ships and stuff and uh, yeah more uh more house building stuff uh,
0: all right i'm gonna put this stuff. down as a 2022 release it'll be safe to play
2: twenty twenty two. mean it's like yeah surprisingly enough to me like you know i play a lot of early access like we said and and like i see things in in every state and uh this is a is a
0: really solid game right like I, it's hard to believe yeah, And do Surprising. we know why it took off so – why it's so successful? Just just word of mouth or what, what, what accounts for its success? Quality?
2: You know, it's nuts. I really don't understand it. I, I think it's word of mouth was part of it. Like people like me saw it or someone told me about it, and, I, and they were like, oh, this is exactly your kind of game. I was like, cool. So I looked at it. I was like, yeah, it is my kind of game. So I got it, and then it has up to ten players on a co- server co-op. So – you know, I start telling people about it because I, I want to play it with them and they pick it up, you know, and it just kind of goes from there and there and there. And I, I think that's kind of a big deal a big part of it. And uh, what Vikings.
0: do we. Vikings. Yeah, I am definitely right. down with Vikings. And, and I do have to say after Rune 2 Decapitation Edition and Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I, I'm I'm ready for a non-terrible Viking game. Actually, Valhalla is not terrible, but I'm ready for yeah, a higher quality <laughs> game that does justice to its Vikings. Uh I mean, honestly, Valhalla was more about English politics than than traditional Viking activity, so I felt very let down.
2: Uh, Yeah, it's kind of a strange framing. Yeah. So, (laughs) all
0: right, 2022. I'm going to keep an eye out for this game finally coming out one day. Uh, All right, before we talk about another early access release, I want to talk about (laughs) a game that's actually been out for a long, long time, and I'm finally getting around to playing. Um, I should say I'm finally getting around to playing again because my issue with the Hitman games is that I get them and I just play the heck out of a level because of the way the games are designed, and I move on to something else having only played the first level or two. Uh, So that's where I am now with Hitman, Hitman 2, and Hitman 3. I know – the first two levels of each of those games pretty well. And I know pretty much bupkis about anything beyond that.
2: Uh, so what I you're wanna like do is a, I wanna t- Up here a Paris expert. Yeah, you know, you exactly. Know how to- exactly.
0: Yep. Exactly. You guys wanna you guys wanna know about that uh Italian the level the lab underneath, Sapienza, man, I can show no. you cool stuff there. But I couldn't tell you what's after that. Um, so I want to tell you three problems that I have with the Hitman franchise, uh, and I think it's a testament to what IO has done that I'm still playing the silly thing anyway. Huh. But here here are my three issues with Hitman, and they've just been reinforced playing Hitman 3. Uh, as one of you – I think as Nick said earlier, Hitman 3 is basically just a level pack for Hitman at large. Um, Some
2: nice graphic upgrades, but yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah you can tell yeah you can tell they've definitely been working on this but actually uh that's gonna jump ahead to my third point because my third point is I don't feel they've done a lot of development on it as a game um but I'll get back to that my first problem is agent forty seven is such a dud character <laughs> he is you know he's kind of droll oh. he's he is such a blank slate and in a way that's intentional but he's obviously a man he's his clothes literally define him. And I just – you know, like I am really into these badass lady assassin movies. It's their own, it's, its own genre. We have like Hannah and Columbiana, a Red Sparrow, La Femme Nikita, Eon Flux, a movie sure. called Rhythm Section from last year. Like badass lady assassins is a cool thing, and I'm playing a literal clone. So I, uh, I just – here's the thing too, is I've really – one of the reasons that I haven't gotten very far in Hitman Three is I feel like there's story stuff going on between the missions, it, in cutscenes that I don't understand, but I think is kind of cool. I, I like so the story
2: I'm, actually, so yeah, I was gonna well, I was gonna mention that, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I want to like it, McMaster. and that's why I've gone back and I've been replaying Hitman One. That's why I went back and and played Italy so much today. Like that's what I spent the day doing was. Playing through that Italy level again and going, oh yeah, I remember this part. I remember that part. I remember this part, um, because there's stuff in the third Hitman that I want to know what they're talking about, and specifically this character Gray and what is this about Providence? I mean, Providence. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't know what Providence. Providence is, is a healthcare provider. Like I don't know what they're <laughs> talking about in the game. That that mission in the Manor on Dartmoor is called the End of the Line, and it's the second mission in Hitman Three. And it's supposed to be some big, significant thing about Providence, and I don't know what any yeah. of that is. So yeah. I'm kind of curious, which is why I've only played two levels in Hitman 3, and I'm now back in Hitman 1, working my way through the missions and, and,
2: and discovering two, Hitman 1. Two is where like all the crazy stuff happens. It's, one is a good setup, and, and like, I like 47 in that he is a blank slate, and they, they kind of go through all that, or a little bit in the in the right. story.
0: Well, to be um, fair, like it's been such a – you know, Io has been he, – he's been kind of their mascot for so long. They can't very well abandon him I, I yeah. guess, but oh, yeah, it's no. just I, – I just – I couldn't care less about him. And that's one of the things too that I went back is like, oh, this gray guy seems pretty cool. Why can't I be him? You know, Why can't the story be more about him? And I, I don't know. So that's my first issue is I don't like Agent 47. My second issue is I feel like their scripting is really brittle And it falls apart at a certain point. It's requiring from me something that I'm willing to give it, but that other games don't expect from me as often anymore. And that is suspension of disbelief. It should be offering me immersion. That's the whole point of the way that the Hitman games play. And instead, there are these overlapping dialogues that are happening. I I know I'm supposed to hear both of them, but because of where I'm standing physically or where a character walked to to trigger it, I don't know who I should – like, I, like that, that's – the scripting should, should not do that or, or stuff like where, where a dead body just gets ignored after so long or in that, for instance, um, manor mission in Hitman 3, when I'm interviewing characters, they'll talk about other characters who are sitting literally right next to them.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And now I that mean,
2: is I... a great mission though. That is a great,
0: great level. Well, and that's what that's what it gets at, is that, that level is what the game should be flexing, is this idea of characters interacting with each other rather than characters running through their non-responsive loops of activity with occasional and very obvious triggers instead of any meaningful interaction with each other or with the environment. Um, it's just the pattern that they've used for so long to script these levels, and I get why they do it. I mean I understand why there's no like radiant emergent AI stuff at at work. It's – the way they do it, it's very gamey. It's very predictable and therefore manageable. Um, But eventually it just feels really plastic and inauthentic, and it's just requiring a lot of suspension of of disbelief from me. Uh, I I feel like I'm – I constantly feel like I'm playing a hitman game, and I'm not actually in any sort of simulacrum. I can I was going to simulacrum. You've messed that word up for me. But I'm not good. in any sort of simulacrum of the <laughs> real world. Um, so I, you know, that, that's again, that's just something you, you have to suck it up and concede. Look, it's a hitman game. It's how they work. So, but here's the thing that really bothers me. After three games, and drive. after not just the three games, but three games Thank using you. this model, okay. it is so unchanged. As far as the actual systems at work, I feel everything I, – I, I appreciate when they'll do a new twist like that, that Dartmoor uh, murder mystery mission. Yeah, yeah, no. But there's still so much of the same old stuff. After all of these years, I'm still giving people emetic, emetic poison so that I can push their heads in the toilet so that I can get that drowning challenge. Uh, in every mission. I mean, I'm still watching. You sound like okay, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still like in every mission, it's watching, okay, when is this character going to eat something and poison, oh. you know, when is this character going to walk out on a balcony? Like, I just feel like the same systems are present in these, in the missions I was playing in Hitman 1 that are in Hit, Hitman 3. There, There's no... Really new development. Like, I, I think of, I compare this to the Desperados games and Desperados 3. Uh, and there are a lot of differences. I
2: difference. like that one, yeah.
0: I do too. Yeah. And there are a lot of differences between their approaches and what they're doing and how they're doing it. But there are also, of course, a lot of similarities. And one of the things that Desperados 3 does that I see no sign of in, in, in Hitman is it introduces new abilities and new enemy types and new systems. I mean, you get halfway through Desperados 3. And they add mud that leaves your footprints. So you have to be careful where you walk. Like they're 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 folding in new gameplay constantly in that game. And Hitman I don't think has done that since Hitman 1. Well, um,
2: it it did. It's just subtle and you don't it's things that seem like they should have already been there, kind of things, you know? Uh but yeah, I mean, it, it mostly on the systems level, it has not changed that much now.
0: And, and the thing is, I I wish like it, w- one of my big problems with Cyberpunk wasn't so much that it was buggy, just that it was a really I thought unambitious open world. Like they didn't do any cool new things; it was just a very GTA clone, and that's fine for some people, and I can understand enjoying that. But I was really disappointed that they didn't uh, try to advance the design of open worlds very much, and I feel that way about these hitman games um like i I was kind of that's one of the reasons that i actually don't mind going back and replaying hitman one i mean obviously like that italy level is just i I don't know if most people feel this way but i feel it's really bad level design and they've gotten much better at level design uh that italy one is just i i remember like going down as I was playing today, going down into that bio lab. And I just remembered how linear it gets and how weird it gets. Where you have to get in and get a virus sample. And they've, yeah. they've managed to work around that sort of bottleneck really well. I think like you can see, they've learned that over the years, but the same basics of, okay, I got to get a disguise and I got to watch out for the guys that can report me. And, um, and I just can't help but play and wish that they would play with things more and that they would try new developments. And, for instance, here's an example. That wall hack is fundamental to how Hitman works where you hold down a button and you yeah. can see through walls. You see your target. You see any other guards nearby. Uh, and it's it's always turned on. It It's a, a kind of a pillar of how you play the game. And I – as far as I know, it's there – for no other reason than just because, like it's it's a it's a really powerful system and it could have been made into gameplay with like flexibility or trade offs or something. But they haven't touched it. That's been a big part of Hitman all along. Is he magically sees through walls and he can detect his target from infinite distance anywhere on the level? Why not make some gameplay around that? Like wh- why not make that? something that you unlock like i I was thinking if i knock out a security guard i noticed he puts the little earpiece in his ear why not then you know i have access to their security comms and maybe then i know where things are like why didn't they ever make that a gameplay system so, so one of the things that's kind of funny is
2: that in hitman 3 they actually end up doing some of these things sort of I'm not okay. saying that, like, uh, but after, there are, the levels in Hitman Three past the ones you've played are a lot different. Are but most of them are some of them okay, are good. straight up, but there like there's there's one kind of like straight through level that you it's like linear. You basically have to. I mean, it's don't, kind of don't give things
0: away. I'm, I'm, actually, yeah, but, I'll, be, I'll be glad to know if, if there is some later stuff. And a lot of what I'm saying yeah. might be unfair. So.
2: Uh, and, and I think it is uh, a part of kind of the evolution of the game. Uh, I'm not – yeah, like I said, I'm not saying all of it is there, – there's a lot of stuff that's just, right. you know, obviously. And, and I agree with you on the systems. I, I think that one of my biggest frustrations with Hitman is as soon as one person sees me, everybody knows I'm a bad guy. You know what I, you know right. what I mean? Yep. Like the second I'm spotted, every cop in the entire world attacks me. Uh, that that kind of stuff bothers me, and like the, and like you said, the, the systems are very rigid and kind of weird, and, and somewhat easy to break. But it's like kind of I, I, it's just frustrating, you know, because you expect something to work the same way and it doesn't always.
0: And I I think too, like they have, um, they have the difficulty levels and I'm okay with the way it works by the way, like they each have a separate leaderboard, but it's only on master difficulty level that they introduce this concept of if you, if you stab or shoot someone, if you, if you uh, kill them in a bloody way, their disguise isn't usable. Like that's a cool way to distinguish different kills. Like right now it's, I could just as easily whack somebody with a, a, a sculpted bust as as slash their throat with a knife. Like there's no difference on the regular difficulty levels, and I think that's one of the issues as well. Is I don't think the different kills are differentiated much, and I don't I don't know why it's giving me all these different guns because I almost never use them. Uh, oh yeah. So I think I think like the the whole unlockable system, uh, ultimately, especially once I figured out from you, McMaster, that they're persistent across all levels. Like I only need. One lethal poison. I only need one silenced pistol, pistol which I had from the beginning. I only need one sniper rifle. Uh, so the unlockables lose a lot of their potential incentives because they're not developing more robust systems in, in the game uh, that that could drive different unlockables being valuable in different ways. Um, And here's my ultimate problem. Uh, One of the systems that I wish they'd develop is – and one of the things that I really like because it's a cornerstone of how Desperados works is that why not let me play multiple characters? Like why not let me play a stage, like make it like a heist or a team activity where I have to get someone in position as a janitor. So then I have to also then get a sniper in position to cover the janitor so that he can change into another disguise and go in and do the kill. And like they have these really – um these these sniper missions that are just a layout from a distance and those are kind of cool like just as 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 fun shooting galleries those are kind of cool why not integrate that into the gameplay by having me get a sniper into position and then making me play from that perspective and then like, like there's assassinations and the ones they're trying to develop really would lend themselves to this kind of multiple stages of execution and and um Multiple degrees of setting up a kill, uh, multiple characters. I just don't understand. And maybe it's because they're so into Agent Forty Seven. Uh, why they never tried that? Uh, you know, simultaneously killing two people, for instance. Like maybe you've got one of them's got a kill switch or something. Hmm. You got to kill them both at the same time. So, I just I'm, I'm disappointed none of that stuff is apparently being pushed as far as I would like it to in in Hitman Three. Um,
2: no, I mean but, under- yeah, sure.
0: So, so but, but all that the, – the reason I'm still into the games and I'm keenly aware of these three complaints, Agent 47 is a dud, boy does their scripting fall apart, and boy are they unambitious in, in, very, in terms of gameplay systems. But what I've realized and what makes it all worthwhile is the settings, the levels are really the star of the game, and it's really the focus of their development. And it's a real delight to discover a new level, and by golly, McMaster, I'm never going back on this. I turned off those story guides. I turned off oh, yeah. those challenge hints. Oh, yeah. And I love going in and just exploring. And, you know, I don't know if a dialogue is important, like, because there's no blue marker over it saying, hey, there's going right. to be a story right here. Here's the first step. So I end up listening to more banter. Uh, like, I just, it's so much more interesting and alive oh, to yeah. me. Well, with those guide things turned off, and especially the challenges, too. Like, I, I now like going through and looking at the pictures and thinking, hmm, what because it, it'll, it still shows you the, the image the picture, for the challenge. Right.
2: But it just yeah, won't but show it does, you the, the text object, It doesn't right? show
0: you the name or the description. Exactly. So I play through the level and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing that. I should go give it another look. Um, And that's really, I think, what IO Interactive's real talent is, is creating levels where there's these little interesting details and then hooking some sort of achievement to those details, even if the ultimate unlockable progression stuff doesn't really work for me. I just love going back and unlocking those little things and exploring their levels.
2: I mean on top of that too, like I think i think you're right like and it's funny i this might be a somewhat unpopular opinion but i really like the way hitman came out uh episodically because i like the levels so much because every time a new level would come out i would spend hours and hours just on that level you know i don't i don't have to like go through the game and then I, I, anyway whatever it's kind of a. So weird
0: so did hitman part. one release that way
2: hitman yeah. one did each yeah, level I adored re- that. released one of the, yeah i did too i thought it was awesome you know because like hey i got the first level i can play this for hours and hours and then when the next one comes out it adds right. in and you know it's just i don't know that was really cool to me um but yeah uh, the the thing that i actually dislike the most about hitman 3 that i think is the stupidest thing of all is the always online requirement for for anything oh, to get God, saved no. uh. <laughs> yeah yeah, it's like you could play offline, but none of your progress counts. Like, nothing, what the hell? Nothing unlocks. You're like, well, okay, thanks. <laughs> and and let's be let's be straight honest. This is not about cheaters because the board the the leaderboard is full of cheaters. Like right already, uh, the uh, the stuff that they've done is impossible without cheating. Is this the kind of thing.
0: McMaster, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. happy to say I've never looked at a leaderboard without first clicking on friends. Oh, so yeah, I mean no. but I know I know what you're saying though. That is really discouraging in PC games is
2: and, yeah. And don't get me wrong, the first level, I've done it myself. You could beat it in under fifteen seconds, right? But the trick to it is that the people that get all the points and stuff, they for some route they beat it without being seen, without any bodies being found, and all these different achievements that are impossible in the nine seconds that it took that guy to kill to beat the level. Right. So I I don't know that just irritates me. So it is not certainly not about cheating. It is 100% copy protection and uh that is a that's just kind of a bad look. Right.
1: I know this is a I know this is a Hitman thing from from way back even even the pre uh you know more modern version of the Hitman games, but the thing the one thing that's always kind of irked me as a just as a player is I – like I have to really, really swallow my disbelief when wow. I take someone's disguise and I walk past a couple guards, right? And it's, yeah. oh, OK, he's a doctor or whatever, right? And then I kill someone or whatever and I take their disguise and now I'm a chef and I walk past those same, <laughs> same guards. Right, right. And those yeah. guards don't go, hey, bro. <laughs>
2: well,
1: I <laughs> mean – Just a doctor? <laughs>
2: Let's not even mention the giant barcode on the back of his head <laughs> I mean, that is almost always visible, that no one on Earth has except for yeah. Agent 47.
1: And, and if you – and no spoilers, but it, like you said, Tom, if, if you get into the story, right, right, that disconnect makes even less sense as you go oh, on no. through the story. Because it becomes this thing where, oh, now they're aware. Of Agent Forty, like the, the oh, they they know the organization. Yeah. yeah, they know who he is, and I'm well, like, it he looks okay, like and everything. So why is this guy still allowed to walk around? <laughs> How are the guards not having a picture of the dude and going, "Hey, wait, isn't that the bald <laughs> dude with the barcode? Get him!"
2: Yeah, It's like seven feet tall. Yeah, it's just like I don't know, man. Uh, that yeah, that always is baffling. But <laughs> hey, but he, does, you have to give Sushi that she a said bit. chef looks different today. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, uh, and Nick, of have course you done stand... oh, go ahead, McMaster.
2: Of course the way he talks too. So Deadpan, you know. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yeah. I am here to check on the plumbing.
1: You know. Well, and it's like Tom says, there's always that question of does he really give a shit about what's going on? Does he does he care about the overall story? Or is it you know, he's is, so it, troll. is it he's just blindly <laughs> doing whatever the hell what's her name tells him to do? I don't know.
0: <laughs> uh, Nick, do you play any of the escalations?
1: I have played the Escalations, yeah.
0: I love those. Like, I think that's I, such so an good. ingenious idea.
1: Yeah. I do like – I like the uh, – I like the look. Here's your Here's your one chance, and yeah, yeah. that's it.
0: <laughs> no save, yeah. Because otherwise it is – and this is one of the, the adjustments I had to make for Desperados 3 – is it's very much about save, reload, save, reload. Yeah. The, but, but when you do the Escalations, like, there's none of that. I, I just – and I, I like, too, how they iterate on – Adding more difficult restrictions or requirements, you know, from the same basic premise. That's why it's called an escalation, I guess. Right. Um, so, so and, and it actually reminds me of, and I don't want to get too far off on this because I know Nick, you and I, and maybe we'll get McMaster into this. We'll talk about this at some point in the future. But uh, I've been playing a lot of uh, racing games lately, and the escalations and Hitman in general, just the overall structure for it reminds me a lot of a racing game because you play the levels over and over to learn them. And it reminds me of driving around a track and discovering new ways to to navigate it. Like you discover, okay, maybe I don't have to brake on this curve if I downshift. That's very simplistic, but it's that same recursive gameplay where you iterate as you go, you get better, you learn the terrain, and you build up your skills for that specific location. So me doing a track in Project Cars 3 and me playing a level, discovering a new level and then playing it and exploring it uh, in Hitman feels very similar. And the escalations especially tap into that where it's like, okay, now you have to beat this time or now you have to do it with this weapon or now you have to get to that space without a disguise. Um, It's like making the time lap limit for for uh, a track shorter and shorter and i just i really like that recursive iteration in a good in a good game
2: yeah and i like that's another thing i think that hitman 3 did really well with their new level stuff is that they added those shortcuts that you permanently unlock okay the yeah.
0: master what is the rationale for those? Because I'm so mad. If I can if I can kick a ladder down and it's persistent, why can't I unlock a door and have that be persistent? Why? Is it just because Dark Souls did it? I mean don't oh, get me it's... wrong. I love the feature, but someone please – could they at least try to explain it somehow or make it consistent? Why are those ladders d- eternal?
2: Man, I don't know. Um, because Hitman. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming – I'm very yeah, angry should... You guys can't tell. Re- replaying, uh, replay speed run reasons. You know, people always and you know making Silent Assassin different stuff like that. So you
0: can. No, I know the gameplay reasons, but I need a I need a narrative reason. Master.
2: Oh, um, yeah, it's uh, le- it's like Looper. We're gonna say it's so like I- Looper. You're in the <laughs> past and future and future. I mean, past.
0: If- you could have just said the crowbars are magical. When you pry a ladder mm. loose with the crowbar, I mean, that, I would have accepted that as well.
2: No. That, that works. Okay, yeah, sure. That's, that's the real reason. <laughs> in, when
1: you play, in your mind, Tom, are you uh, Timothy Oliphant or Rupert Friend?
0: Oh, well, definitely. So I prefer Timothy. Oh, Timothy Oliphant's great, and I, I, I love that guy. But I just definitely prefer the Rupert Friend <laughs> uh, movie. So I'm Rupert Friend all the way when I'm playing. Why? You're, are you Oliphant?
2: Oh no! I got to be Olyphant. Yeah, yeah.
0: McMaster he's he's way cooler.
2: The movie's terrible. I've I've never cool. seen I've never seen the movies. I... <laughs> so
1: oh, McMaster, you're, you're missing out.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're actually playing as the the dopey Agent Forty Seven clone, whereas Nick and I have like magnetic, talented actors in our heads.
2: <laughs> is, that, is that really uh, is that really what's going on there? <laughs> 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 I'm a little confused, uh,
0: upset. <laughs> All right, McMaster. You can't yeah. be bothered to play games that have been released. You're playing <laughs> – not only are you playing an early access game, you're playing an early access game that doesn't even have a title, a real title. That can't be the game's <laughs> real name. What, what is get this Get the French thing?
2: Oncologist?
0: <laughs> what does it stand for, for reals? Like I know what it stands for. Is it supposed to be something in the game?
2: Uh, get the uh, fridge, uh, okay.
0: They're, they're really not. Come on, surely it's like global no. terrorism fighting organization. Nope, that's my nope, guess. No, nope, no,
2: nope. it's GTFO, and it is what you think it means.
0: Because you don't want to be down there, you want to leave. Like that's the idea. Correct. All right. Well, right. tell us about GTFO.
2: So the uh, the lore is real, kind of. Real quick, of a hold on, real quick, Nick. Like, if you played first, this but... thing, I, played? I
0: have not. I have. Okay. Not uh, I, I cannot
2: imagine. Yeah, no, I can't imagine either. If you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one just, of the reasons no. i
0: want mcmaster to talk about it is nick one thing i can say for this game well two things i can say a it's not out yet b uh it's a really fascinating game to watch yeah uh and i don't feel that i i have pretty high standards <laughs> for that. i think a lot of games are actually really dull to watch and i say that it's, so even though i've done my share of streaming this game was really fascinating so okay so mcmaster what is this thing <laughs>
2: So, uh, so, like I said, the lore is really obscure. And it took me a while to kind of piece together the story. But once I did, it's it's a little cooler than it sounds. Um, so, I they're very, very obtuse about it. But from what I gather is the crater where the asteroid or meteorite, whatever, hit the earth and killed all the dinosaurs. Uh, down in that crater... There was a research. Already,
0: this is ridiculous, that, Master. Like, like right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, sorry,
2: <laughs> but all right. Down in this crater, there was a research facility for this company, uh, and it looks, it seems like something went horribly wrong, and it's full of like these horrible fungal monsters and stuff like that. So,
0: I mean, I can spoil it for you right now if you want. I know what's going on.
2: Oh yeah, what's going on?
0: The the asteroid that destroyed the dinosaurs had unobtanium in its core.
2: Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah. Unobtanium is my favorite thing. Yeah, um, that makes All me
0: right, so There's fungus. Angry. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so there's fungus. Unob- it, it, it made there be fungus monsters underground. Check. Well, got it. I
2: think I think they were people at one point, but see, the uh-huh. the whole thing about GTFO is you are a cryogenically frozen prisoner, and and we'll. And when they want you to, when they want somebody to go down and get something from out of the place, they unfreeze you and drop you in. Is that legal? I don't think it really is, <laughs> but I actually, I mean, that crater's not in America. I mean, you know, what are we gonna do?
0: Ah, uh, good point. <laughs> Fair enough. So, this so uh, Belize or something. Yeah, that makes sense. Right, yeah. <laughs> um,
2: but it's it's you know, this is uh, I would have to assume in the future you don't really know. A lot because you never see outside, obviously. But uh um, Well, you
0: don't know how long you've been cryogenically frozen, do right? you? No, you ah. don't. Okay.
2: And uh Yeah, so you you get dropped in and you're given these uh tasks and you can go and and you do them, perform them, and leave and you get frozen again and I guess closer to release. Uh but
0: Ah, you're knocking years off of your sentence.
2: I'm guessing is what I'm you – know, that's what it seems like. But – uh, so
0: what – Can I make another prediction, McMaster? Sure. That when you erase your sentence and you've reached your, your term of service in this cryogenically frozen GTFO prison, you're released into the open world, and then you have to play Cyberpunk 2077.
2: Oh, oh Christ. It's a, <laughs> it's a can... big download. It's like <laughs> – it's like just a rapper for cyberpunk. Right. Um, <laughs> that would that would be pretty funny. Uh, the, it, okay, but
0: before you get to that, so go ahead. So you're, you're down and you've you got to do these tasks uh, and you just walk around and do tasks, right? That's all there is to it.
2: Right. But the place is full of monsters that are alerted by sound and uh, movement when they're in certain phases. They're sleepers but they move around a little bit, like every now and then they light up a bit. And if you're moving during that phase, they'll see you and wake up, and they wake up every other monster in the room, and you get kind of like
0: clickers in, in Last of Us, sort of.
2: Right, they really are, except for they're not moving initially, most of them. Like uh, right. scouts and stuff move, but the sleepers that you see uh, in the early levels are certainly just all uh, stationary.
0: So you have so, to time the way that you move right. around them, and before you come up and whack one of them, it has to be like a certain color. Like You have to, right. you have to be very aware of their little cycle that they're running through. Yeah,
2: Right. So it's, uh, GTFO is a four-player co-op game. You can play solo, which I've tried a few times, very unsuccessfully, uh, and you can play with two or three people, which I've done very unsuccessfully as well. Uh, Four people, is, it seems pretty necessary for most of the game, um, and you have to basically coordinate all of your actions. And each person gets their own equipment, and ammo is somewhat scarce. Uh, in some levels, it's much more scarce than others.
0: Well, uh, I, it seems to me the bigger problem with ammo and guns is that they' if you wake up a bunch of monsters, like the guns aren't really gonna, they're only gonna protect you a certain amount. Like you're not right. using your gun most of the time, it seems.
2: Right, yeah. The whole point is you don't want to wake up the monsters. You know, it's like it really is that this is not a game that you want to be constantly firefighting in because the monsters are incredibly deadly. Now they're kind of right. dumb, they're slow in certain plays and stuff like that, but there's a ton of them. So, like, if you dodge one and get hit by another, you lose, like, you know, a quarter of your life almost sometimes. And, like, if there's so many going around, you have friendly fire going on as well, (laughs) you know, it's just just a, a recipe for disaster. So you have to kind of, like, hedge your bets. (laughs)
0: Yeah, <laughs> and it sense, requires you know? it requires a lot of precise real time right. communication for these really finicky timing uh, moments. Right. Uh, and watch and, and and not only that, but it's more than happy to uh, foist off a fail state on you and kill everyone. Oh yeah. Like it, yeah, it, it's absolutely difficult. no problem. Yeah, it's difficult and it's precise. And watching four people play it uh, is really fascinating because you guys are like on the verge of. Failure at at any given moment. Yep. uh, It seems, and it clearly sets up big dramatic beats where you've got to set up a siege, um, and you know you've got your your turrets and stuff, and you've got to seal certain doors. But it seems like it's really into that whole forcing you to play like those those big waves in Left 4 Dead, but you you know when you're going to trigger them.
2: You know, so this game when I play it, I. The biggest thing I take away from it is these dudes love the movie Aliens because you have have auto cannons. You have like a – somebody can take a detector that shows blips, you know, of where the enemies are, stuff like that. And it's all about – it's like taking on the waves. Like where that even comes up is you have to go through – And there are certain security doors, and you have to do certain things to unlock them. You'll start them, and then everybody has to stand in one place while it scans you. And then you have to move to all these little different circles as they come up, depending on how many uh, levels of the door there is. And it's kind of this weird puzzle. And while you're trying to do this puzzle, there are aliens trying to kill you. And so you've got like auto guns set up, and you're like fire everywhere and screaming, you know. And to kind of minimize the damage you'll take, you you can seal doors and set up auto guns, like I said, and try to force them into a certain corridor. And it just kind of is is this thing where you know sometimes they don't go where you expect. Uh, Sometimes they do.
0: the circles is when, when you have to unlock stuff is it lights up a little circle on the ground and you have to stand on it, and that's pretty straightforward because I, right. I see all of you moving to a circle. But then what it does – and this is a very intentional uh, dick move on the part of the designers <laughs> – yes. is the circles then move split. farther out. Like you have to yeah. walk to another circle, and it's forcing the group to split up while they're being oh. attacked, while a rush yep. is coming at you. like Oh, yeah. And that's such a like that's such a blatantly transparent attempt to get you killed is because normally in that you'd stand together and you'd stand in behind the the turrets and you would be Mm -hmm. in a tight clump. But no, you've got to walk away from each other and stand in these little circles that uh, move you uh, away from that overlapping protecting fields of fire. It's like a real jerk thing for the designers to do. (laughs)
2: And so, and you know and I agree and that's the whole point and like there's certain ways around it where you can have two people be on guns and two people just do the little circles it just takes longer slightly right. longer uh, it's safer sometimes but it's slightly longer and that's where your ammo concerns come in but on the other side of it. They have also designed the game so that if you know for sure where something's coming, you can seal a door and you can put the guns on the outside of it, and the monsters won't attack the guns. Right. So they They'll all just sit there and bang the on the door, as as bang on damage. the door. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So to be fair, it's like they're all real rigid systems, but they're not. Uh, but but they kind of offset a bit. Uh, it, there is a bit in it that kind of goes the player's way, but not a lot. Uh, right. because that's really the whole point is that it's intensely hard. Um, so once I have you two get,
0: questions. Yep. all
2: right,
0: so I have two questions for you. Uh, the first is, uh, you mentioned, uh, how it's reminiscent of aliens, uh, explain to us cause this reminds me a lot of the Sevastopol station in that last alien game. Uh, tell me about the hacking here.
2: Okay. So this is the part of the game that fascinates me. Uh and I'm the guy that always does this because I'm the best typist and I work on <laughs> servers and stuff. So <laughs> uh, there's uh there's terminals uh and they run like a basic it seems like Unix uh system to me. Uh it's very spe- specialized like command line system where you can search for stuff in the station. And if it's in the same zone area as you, you can ping it and it'll show it on the map, so you'll know where to go for stuff. But what's kind of interesting about it is <laughs> there there are gameplay parts of it too other than just that. So one of the the way the missions work is you choose what difficulty level you want to do when you're in them. And if you choose a higher difficulty level, you still have to do the basic mission, but it gives you a second mission on top of that to get done. So one of the the escalations in the first levels, one of the higher level difficulties, is you have to go and create an uplink at these terminals. Every time you go to start an uplink, a huge alarm goes off. And... While it's connecting, you have to have one player, which is me, on the terminal calling out stuff to people so that they can read off to you back what the code is to put in. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> So, and it's so funny I'm watching hearing... this too, Nick, because
0: McMaster, it is a command line interface. It's like you've yeah. a DOS prompt, and McMaster's there, you know, cdc colon backslash dir, yeah, yeah. and he's paging through through the list of files oh or my things gosh. and stuff. I mean it and really is screaming like screaming someone... and
2: machine guns going off yeah. when I'm yeah. doing the hacks, you know.
0: And it's amazing oh. watching because I, I assumed McMaster was doing it because his character had some special skill equipped or something, but it literally is because he's the best typist, uh, which was great. Oh.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and I and I've worked on servers a lot, so and I'm just kind of used to the command line stuff. It doesn't bother me, so I, I yeah, I just go go to work on it. And uh, <laughs> but it is McMaster. funny during those attacks, man. Oh God. Yeah.
0: Because everybody's so, like uh,
2: screaming shit like oh God oh look out over here oh God you know and then I'm like okay, I need the code or it's never going to end
0: <laughs> Now obviously you you die in this a lot and everybody gets killed uh, and you earn experience and unlock new abilities and weapons and stuff <laughs> master what level is your character in GTFO?
2: Uh, see now there's the rub that's the one, that's the punch in the face about GTFO. <laughs> Is that it, uh, it is early access, and they plan to add that in, but there's no, there's no uh, I don't, I take that back. There is a slight advancement system. What? Uh, you have to beat certain amount of missions oh, on higher levels to unlock the right. next tier of missions, and that's it. Right. You don't gain anything special, you don't. You know, you don't. You feel like you know the last hour and a half that I died at the end of this mission on isn't just thrown away because it is. And you're not exaggerating too, by the way.
0: These are not quick little fifteen. These are not short.
2: Yeah. And and with all the
0: timing that it takes and the communication, this is four people spending an hour and a half that all falls apart because McMaster couldn't type dir backslash fast enough.
2: Oh no. No. I, a lot of times it's been my fault, but it's never been my typing.
0: <laughs> I mean the thing is – and that's what makes it fascinating to watch McMaster is you can see when somebody makes a mistake or doesn't quite time something right, and it becomes like frantic crisis management oh. Oh, because yeah. A, the game is difficult, but B, the kind of stakes that build up when you've been playing for an hour and oh a half God. and you want to unlock this level – that's huge, and you're yeah. not going to get you know part of game modern gameplay design is you're going to reward the player for his time with some kind of progression. you're right. not getting any of that when you screw up in GTFO at this point yeah.
2: no, yeah, it's just you know screw you basically yeah you you know you're dead hey that's your that's your reward you know, Rotten. <laughs> <laughs> like, like and that obviously that's a burn to a lot of people, and that's why GTFO doesn't have more players, honestly. Um, and to the developer's credit, if you go to the GTFO Steam page, it says, "Go watch videos and read about this game right. before you purchase it. Do it has not a buy warning this label, game, basically, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: without yeah. knowing what you're getting into." <laughs> and it's like, yeah, and that and that's fair. Um,
0: I guess. And one one of the things you told me that I that really uh, perked my ears up was, uh, it's some of the developers from Payday.
2: Yeah. It is. They uh, made a a studio called Ten Chambers, um, and GTFO is their game. Uh, One of the things that I haven't mentioned that is probably the most interesting thing about GTFO is every few months, they delete the current dungeon completely and replace it with a completely new one, and they never bring the old ones back. (laughs)
0: Oh, these aren't, like, procedurally generated?
2: No, these are 100% uh, hand-designed. Interesting. So the only thing that changes on the levels is enemy positioning. There's always going to be the same amount of enemies. It just kind of depends on where they are. You know? And uh it's just... I don't know. It, it's really fascinating. And the game has such a small download. It's like 5 gig. Uh Because of that, obviously. But, of course, every right. few months you have to download all of it again. But, um... I thought that was really interesting. Once one of the rundowns is gone, they uh, it's gone, you know. And then they, they, Honestly, they put a new one in. Honestly,
0: I feel like they should change the name of the developer in the game. Like they, they, they call themselves GTFO, and co- like Ten Chambers is kind of a cool name for a game because you're going yeah. to these chambers. Why don't they do that?
2: GTFO is a bad name. I'm not. I mean, there's no, there's no uh, no denying it's it. It's a pretty it really bad is name. A har- it's a horrible <laughs> name. Um it's one of the reasons I didn't play the game as long as I did. Um right, just because right. it sounds stupid and everybody I'd seen play it said, Jesus, this is the hardest game ever and they were right. Um right. it's like a destiny raid if you didn't get anything for it. You know, that's that's one hundred percent what it is. Yeah. Uh yeah. it's like you're a bunch of people going through hell for nothing. Um right, right. And I really like it. The atmosphere of the game keeps me coming back to it more than anything. It's one of the it most is. spooky games I've ever it's played. It's
0: super horrory, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I really like how they lean into that with both the difficulty and the tone, the atmosphere. Yeah. Oh yeah. Although the monsters are kind of goofy, I have to say.
2: They're, some of them are. Some of them are a lot creepier. Like the well, later you just say ones. you
0: the they scouts. keep killing you?
2: Well, the scouts are creepy. They're the ones that walk around, and they'll stop every now and then, and their head splits open, and like thousands of tendrils come out. And if it touches Eh, anybody, that's just every other Resident Evil
0: to me. Whatever.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, (laughs) I'll take them in Resident Evil, man. Although Uh, I do like
0: the idea of the the tendrils like feeling for you, and that is kind of cool. All right, I'll give you. Oh,
2: it's it's killed us a few times too, Ben. You think you're far enough from them? Those tendrils go a long ass ways.
0: And McMaster, you're saying these were former humans.
2: Yeah, uh, it's what it seems like. They're all very humanoid. Uh, they all have human bodies, but they, they're yeah, it's like they're some sort of fungal thing. And sounds the further you master, get down, the creepier. Like,
0: sounds to me like you've been reading some lore.
2: Yeah, well, it's hard to. Like I said, there's hardly any out there. Uh, you can get some of it from the terminals. Which is fascinating. Like, you can look up certain files and stuff in them and read. Uh, but, you know, who. Like, in, wants in to the do middle that? of a fight? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Or in the well, middle of a game. Yeah. Who can do that, you know?
0: Well, that is so, the thing about it, too, Nick, is it, it is one of those games that if slow. you're doing well, there's not really a fight. I mean, you've got to set up the uh, those little siege moments, but it's an hour right. and a half with a lot of not shooting Quiet. and not attacking. Just an hour and a half of creeping along slowly talking to each other and that is why it's like a super horror-y game and and not like what normally passes for horror and shooters which is just action against horror-shaped monsters
2: yeah yeah like Um, gross monsters right
0: yeah yeah but it's super slow which i i kind of like about it
2: uh it's a very slow it's so it's a very drawn out feeling when you're creeping through, there's no doubt.
0: I guess McMaster, one of the things I'd say about GTFO is that I feel like it's the sort of game that most developers would would refrain from making because oh, yeah. it is so difficult and punishing, and it does it requires something that I think actually Hitman requires, but even more so, it requires patience, like a lot of yeah. patience. And most game developers like don't expect that from you.
2: No. Actually you're one hundred percent right. Most people don't uh, most games are not built on patience. And yeah. a lot of the games I've been playing lately are like Hunt, GTFO and Hitman. They're all yeah. games about patience and it's just uh, it's really strange. S-
0: Snowrunner. I've been playing a lot of that. You gotta have some like you gotta <laughs> drive a big truck very slowly. I can
2: Yeah. I need to come into your game, I guess, and drag all of your trucks out of the
0: mall. Ugh. So talk about losing progress with nothing to show for it. Uh, yeah. And that's what, too, is like I've been playing a lot of Project Cars 3 lately, and that game is so much about constantly rewarding you for progress, whereas oh, yeah. things like SnowRunner, GTFO, uh, I guess Hitman always gives you a little something. Um, yeah.
2: Very little sometimes, but a little,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean as long as you're hooked up online. Right. Oh yeah, right.
2: <laughs> that's the worst decision they've ever made. I want,
0: yeah. I want, those 25 XP for hiding that body, damn it. You know, <laughs> I
2: know. Uh, oh,
1: so so <laughs> I've got to unlock the black and white silenced pistol. <laughs> oh
0: my God, I have so many of those stupid things. If you guys need any that's... silenced pistols, I got a bunch of extras. So let me know. I There's also, no you know noise. what, I got. A, I found a ton of coins in Italy. Italy littered with coins. <laughs> Yeah,
2: I like I like the coins for their gameplay element, but that's like something you don't really need to take with you because there's freaking coins everywhere on every level. McMaster, um, if
0: there's one thing I've learned from video gaming, don't leave gold lying there. You might need it. Like that's don't true. Just,
2: right. always up, go always. back always. and
0: pick it up. Yeah, exactly. The the, I mean, the funniest like, thing like to like
2: me true. is um you know, just uh, – I've been watching a friend of mine play Hitman 3, Anthony, and, and he likes to do this thing where he picks up everything no matter what it is. You know, And it's strangely hilarious that there's no inventory limit for Agent right. 47 because Anthony the other day literally was carrying 42 hammers or something like that. <laughs> and, like, he would just knock people out by throwing hammers. You know?
0: Right. Why doesn't Hitman have more different – McMaster, why doesn't Hitman have dismemberment, damn it? I am That's so I've question. lost patience with games that don't have dismemberment. I won't have any more of it. I'm done with it. You I'm need, sick of it. Well you
2: need to play Neo two, man. That's where all the No, I was so glad
0: happens. to see that. Yeah, Neo two. Code S- vein, no dismemberment. But Neo well, two, yeah.
2: Oh yeah. my god, Neo is full of dismemberment. Limbs flying. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it really Nick, is. I, I played uh there's a there's in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven there's a I think it's just a generic like chip uh-huh. you put in your in your deck that makes your attacks non-lethal. Uh-huh. And at a certain point, I don't remember why I was had it equipped because you never there, there are very few times you need to be non-lethal. But uh, as I got to the ending of the game, at a certain point you get a pretty badass sword, and I hadn't been using a sword build. Um, but I was so over the game by the time I got to that final mission, I just turned it down to easy to plow through that final mission and uh, uh-huh. decided I'm going to use the sword and I'm going to. Uh, I'm just going to attack people with swords and just run through it and get to the end. Uh, And I was super disappointed to discover there's no dismemberment in Cyberpunk 2077 2077, until I made that statement to McMaster. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he showed me with a machine gun. (laughs) He basically blew the legs off of someone. I was like, wait a minute. I was using a sword and I realized – I think I had the yeah. chip equipped to make <laughs> See,
2: Yeah, that makes sense while to me because like,
0: I, I, I punched
2: a dude's head off or some shit on my stream while you were watching I was like, yeah. what are you I talking could, about? I've been cutting I legs and arms it. off all game.
0: And I'm so glad too, like I didn't make that a point of contention in the review or something because I, 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 this is, I was just so over the game at that point. I'm Whacking oh, yeah. people with the sword and nobody's getting cut up, and I later realized, yeah, it must be that stupid chip that I had oh. equipped. That's a pretty powerful chip, I guess.
2: Yeah, I got, you know, you know where I got to in the game, and I just, I just didn't want to play anymore. So I totally feel you on that one.
0: Nick, how many oh. races did you do for? Uh, not not Judy. What was there? Claire. How many of Claire's races did you do, Nick? Oh,
1: I actually finished all her races. Yeah, I didn't do any. I kind
0: of them. actually, I liked her storyline. Like I liked I, that had payoff that was. Maybe not worth how terrible the races were, but I was glad I did all the races when I got to the end. But man, yeah, enough. there was a
1: lot more payoff definitely than than a lot of other things in that game, right, like the right. uh, mm-hmm. where you get the psycho, psycho, cyber psycho right. lady that uh, wants you to capture whatever.
0: all of her, her, yeah. The,
1: Which the, speaking of, there's the there's the hey hey you got you got to go in non lethal with these guys,
0: right? Yeah,
1: you know
2: like, I go okay whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what are
0: you gonna do, lady? Right, right.
2: Oh so. my God! No, man. I made the mistake of playing melee and not putting, in not, <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know, and I just—it was just so Our, bad.
0: Yeah, sorry we didn't warn you beforehand, McMaster. Uh,
2: well, yeah. yeah, I didn't go into hacking, so I, didn't, you know, much. So I didn't have like any distractions, and I would just run up and kill one guy, and his ten friends would shoot me to death like every freaking time. <laughs>
0: Master, oh. at least you didn't make a swimming build.
1: Yeah, right. Oh. You could have. You could have wasted, dumped your points into swimming.
0: Oh. Uh, real quick before we go, oh. is either of you two on Epic Game Store uh, Infinite Dildo sixty two? I got a friend's request. Is that one of you? Um,
2: yeah, let me check. Uh, uh, no, I'm um, I'm, a, no. I'm Infinite Dildo seventy seven. Okay.
0: <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> Well, that's this uh, quarter to three games podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, Valheim, Hitman, GTFO. I am Tom Chick. I've been here with Jason McMaster, Nick Diamond. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Cheers.